Hello, everyone. I'm Alan Potcotter, and you're listening to Call Talk for December 9th, 2020. Today's topic is how 2020, how 2021 looks for contact centers. If you're listening live, we invite you to be part of the show and ask questions. Here's how you do it. You can email me at calltalk at benchmarkportal.com. I want to remind everyone that all of our shows are archived and available to listen to any time of the day at benchmarkportal.com. Then click on Call Talk. And now with that, I would like to introduce the host of the show, Bruce Belfiore. Thank you, Alan, and welcome back to Call Talk, everyone. Well, the contact center world has been pushed ahead four to five years in the space of one year in terms of technology because of COVID. The rate of adoption of existing tech has just really exploded. So we'll explore this recent history with Steve Betterman and also ask what's coming in 2021. Welcome to the show, Steve. Well, thanks for having me. I really appreciate being asked to talk about this because for many years there was nothing much to talk about in this industry, and now it's moving fast. So <laughs> excited to share that with everybody. <laughs> That's right. So, yeah, there is a feeling that uh, we've got a slow-moving industry on the tech side and that uh, something has really changed in 2020. So by way of introduction to our audience, uh, Steve Betterman is a published author and contact center industry leader and innovator. He's the president and CEO of Nobel Biz, a contact center technology company with a carrier of Carriers Network and omnichannel software with social media integration. He is also the author of a series of corporate thrillers, and if we have time at the end, we'll ask him about that as well. So, Steve, how's 2021 looking for you, Steve? And did you ever think 2020 would be over? I hope a heck of a lot better than 2020. No. Uh, Actually, uh, this is like taking the bitter with the sweet. Uh, 2020 was a rough year for many businesses in the contact center space. They really, in in a sense, had to learn how to move home. And in moving home, uh, it it became somewhat revolutionary, as you said earlier, an industry that's not uh, uh, revolutionary in mindset but pretty uh, comfortable with themselves. Has, has finally adopted change. So 2021 is going to be fantastic, I think. It's exciting. Good, good. Well, and how did the pandemic impact management outlooks and adoption of new technologies in 2020, you know, especially as regards omnichannel and social media? Well, you know, uh, in March, uh, so we're able, Novo Biz is a global leader in, in the industry, both as a carrier and, you said, as a technology provider. But Because of that, we see the traffic that contact centers do. And, you know, we're talking about a couple hundred million minutes of traffic a month that we we normally see coming through us. And within a 10-day period in March, uh, we lost uh, 20% of that traffic just from one day really to the next. So we could see the change that was happening, and we didn't really know where that was going. But what happened is uh, the contact centers were thinking, "How do I? what do I do? How do I do it? And because they could use technology similar, like ours or similar to ours, they then said, okay, we can do this from anywhere, so let's move everybody home. And we saw about six weeks after that initial drop, the traffic beginning to recover, and it's stayed at about 10% below 
uh, normal, but today actually uh, we are back up to normal adoption. So they've begun to use the technology that they've always had handy, and I, I think it, it speaks a lot to omni-channel and social media in the sense that they're really now saying, look, we need to communicate with people any way the people want to communicate, not simply the way we're choosing to do it by voice alone. Right. Okay. And so for our listeners, too, the idea uh, of Omnichannel, of course, is to have all channels, not just the voice channel, which uh, there's still a lot of people who are, are very attached to, but to be able to communicate with uh, folks through email, through chat, through social media, through whatever channel they want to communicate with you on. Uh, and so, wow, a loss of 20% of traffic, which you could actually see and attest to, uh, is pretty dramatic. And, um, yeah, uh, we, we've done numerous town halls and other call talks and other events during the course of the year to try to help managers to cope with the, the changes and sort of pushing people out the door in order to meet the requirements of COVID. But, um, well, well, let's just talk about the technology uh, and the rate of dollar, uh, technology adoption um, in contact centers. I'm sorry, did you want to say something before I ask the no, next no, question? I, yeah, I'd love to talk about that. That's a, a really good question because uh, adoption – so I'm, I've been in this industry developing technology uh, since the 1990s. And uh, in doing that, the one thing that has been always present in contact centers is uh, the risk – Side of adopting new technology. So although you will, there is always a visibility to new technologies uh, to contact centers and they're interested, the idea of them adopting it becomes problematic because they already have traffic, they already have business, they already have hundreds or thousands of agents, you know, managing their business. And to uh, to do what may seem risky by adding something new uh, always was a difficult thing for them. So oftentimes you would be talking new technology three, four, five, even more years uh, before you would see uh, it getting into the center of adoption. And we've been talking about multi-channel and omni-channel for a long time. In fact, during the period that multi-channel was talked about, which are just different channels as you refer to, but separate from each other, meaning you might be able to do a chat, you might be able to do a voice, you might be able to do a video, but you're doing them separate and not keeping the, the customer integrated into one conversation no matter how you're talking to them. Today, it's omni-channel, which is a wrapper of a wide range of channels connected directly to that that particular event. So I'm talking to you, and you and I can switch from video to chat to email to, to Facebook or, or WhatsApp, and we can do that within the context of the singular communication. That whole change from multi-channel to omni-channel happened without any adoption. So as we're developing channels and then improving on channels, very few contact centers adopted. And then suddenly, to literally, uh, I would say in 2020, you're seeing somewhat of a mass uh, adoption of how do I do it? What do I do with it? How can I optimize my communication with people? Because I have less communication today 
because of the pandemic than I had before. So every call needs or communication needs to be optimized. So I'm going to do it any way the people I want to talk to want to do it. And it's really adopting quickly at this point. Next, I'll tell you, our pipeline is already full for 2021. This is not going to slow down. You're in the early stages of, of you know, tens and tens of thousands of contact centers beginning a new adoption process that's going to take place over the next uh, five years or so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, very, very exciting and, and very uh, important for the industry. Well, let, let's talk about that optimization. I just like to sort of uh, bring this down to earth for our listeners because uh, we're talking about technology. But you know, there's the functionality part in terms of multi-channel to go, uh, going to uh, omni-channel, and there's the tracking part that goes from it. So let me just say, uh, explain that for a second for our listeners. So the functionality part is being able to actually deal with folks. Uh, in those various channels who want to communicate with you so that they remain your loyal customers or become your loyal customers uh, and that you're able to actually respond to them and you're able to uh, sort of stay with them as they go from one uh, channel to the other and not have things be so siloed that you make it difficult for them but rather make that customer journey throughout Omnichannel easy for them Extremely important, number one. And number two is the tracking part to make sure that the information that they input, the customer inputs in channel A, uh, actually is available to channel B so that when they go over there and (laughs) use that, it's not all lost and they don't have to give all that information again. Uh, So there's the functionality and the tracking part. Is there anything I missed on that before I hand the question over to you, Steve, or do you think that's – uh, something that you can talk to in terms of, you know, making it very real, practical, uh, sort of what's the case like? Well, I, and I think it is important to step back, and I think you, you said it very well, to, to talk about what does this look like. So if I am a company and I am commu- uh, looking for ways to communicate with my end uh, user or, or my customer or my prospect, uh, I'm really just looking for ways that make that communication easy. That's really what it is. It used to be done simply by voice alone, and you know, people called, 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 and that was it. And if you reach somebody, hopefully you could talk to them. Now, uh, if you yourself are more comfortable using Facebook, or if, uh, and that's where you predominantly are, or WhatsApp, or voice, or maybe video, uh, All of that can be done, but you said it right. The key isn't just that you can do these different communications and even singularly at the same time, so we can switch from one to the other if we prefer. But the real key is keeping that data in a a location that's easy to understand so that at the end of my communication with you, I can look on the same customer record and see that what we did, we switched from Facebook to voice to video or stayed within one or the other. And here are all the comments for it. Here's the recordings for it. Here are the documents and the contracts and everything today you're used to within a CRM is all able to be uh, put into that CRM 
from that communication. So if it's a critical piece, it wouldn't be valuable. And that's why we ended up going from multi-channel to omni-channel relatively quickly because, yeah, it, it was great to offer channels, but then you could never track the customer experience. And customer experience, you know, is the predominant driver. Yeah, yeah. Is there an uh, ex- example that you could give us without revealing anything confidential of uh, how somebody sort of looked the lion in the, in the mouth and uh, came out the other end able to sure. do exactly sure. this? Absolutely. I, I think of two scenarios. Uh, one is with an airline. And uh, and they, by the way, were one of the earliest adopters of uh, an omni-channel experience. And uh, so for me, uh, I will often, uh, you know, I'm flying around the world often, and I need to make changes and don't really have the time to go back to my office to do it. Uh, so I will pick up my phone, and I would call into the airline and say I need to make a change or whatever with regard to a a reservation or make a new reservation, and they begin to talk to me with speech, uh, with with speech technology and not with a live person, which, frankly, I appreciate because it's very succinct and, and very clear. And then as I move on, I may put my order in and find out that I will get a, a response because I've requested it and I prefer it onto my phone as a chat. I may, in fact, then find that I don't have a voice connection to finish this, but, but when I'm flying on my airplane somewhere, I get a Wi-Fi and I go onto their website, access my conversation, and finish that reservation or change within the context of, of using the web and, uh, and or emails. And all of that information stays together. Now, a, a different experience is, is one where uh, specifically used in the collections industry. So that, that's the accounts receivable industry where that industry is searching for debtors. They're constantly saying, where is my debtor? How do I find them? I need to get in front of them. They're not going to get in front of me. I need to get in front of them. How do I find them? And there used to be, uh, or still is, a, a, a behavior called skip tracing to where the, the contact center is tracing where is that person, where are their neighbors, where can I find them. Nowadays, if you, you add in the ability for that collections operation to find the predominant way that debtor communicates, maybe it's on Facebook or WhatsApp or elsewhere, that now they can optimize locating that person and then finding sort of, I hate to say it, but a sneaky way to talk to them. And then they find that way and then uh, maybe that person says, okay, you caught, caught me here on Facebook, but can't we just do a video call or a, uh, a face call? Well, that contact, that collections operation says, sure, but I don't want to hang up because I'll never get you back on the phone. So, okay, let's stay on this call and move over to video or move over to a voice connection and all of that centered in a singular instance. So maybe that, I hope that answers your question. Yeah, no, that that's a very good, very good uh, example. And, uh, uh, yeah, a lot going on here, obviously. And again, let's just talk about the rate of technology adoption in contact centers. 
uh, in 2021. Do you think that there's going to be a little bit of a pause now uh, because people have sort of gotten used to, you know, having people outside the office, they've metabolized that, et cetera, or is it really not totally metabolized and are people really now having their eyes open and, and is it going to accelerate in, in 2021? Well, I, I think it's going to be sort of half of one and half of the other. And here's why. Yes, any business needs to accept a new approach to their model and integrate it into their behavior. And so uh, practically speaking, I want that that new contact center as a customer to take the time to adopt and optimize. One of the things, though, that can happen is they can use us as an example or whomever their provider is to share with them examples of how other people have done it and then to make it as easy as we can for them, you know, uh, to transition into uh, adoption and comfort. But at the same time, we're still out there as our competitors developing new. We're constantly looking at new and the new now is going to be a little easier for a contact center to try. It's not going to go from we only use voice and now we're using all these channels, which is sounds like a big leap. It's not just going to be, can I just add another channel? Can I just use AI, artificial intelligence, to make some decisions for me and not always use, similar to how I described that airline scenario, uh, real people. And can I just use speech technology? Can I use AI to help me make decisions? So all of that is coming, is somewhat available now, but improving constantly, and then can be added in to the experience. So if I'm a contact center and I have now put in Omni Plus and now I like it, I'm using a lot of different channels and it's simple and easy to use, which is a key piece of this. It has to be intuitive. And then uh, I have an idea and I say, you know, how can I do more business but with the same amount of people or less people or just add, add more features? It's much easier staying on that same platform, not having to ever get off of that platform, and just letting us continue to develop and add something new. So you're seeing a lot of uh, new thinking on the technology company side about uh, about how they can uh, really improve the experience. Listen, we have people's eyes open now in the contact center space, and they've just gone through a major shift by going home a second major shift by beginning to adapt really new approaches to their business. And, and we want, uh, you know, we want to, while we have their eyes open, we want to add more value to it where we can. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if you're a contact center manager listening to this right now and thinking about uh, the 2021 plan, um, you know, what, and obviously it's going to depend on what industry they're in, how much resources they have, how big they are, all of those sorts of things. But is there a couple of priorities uh, that you might give us that could be useful for them as they think about what they should be doing or in certain cases maybe should be waiting for the technology company side of things to uh, get its uh, updates together and sort of wait for 2022? Yeah, I don't see the waiting as as really necessary because 
enough company contact centers are making change now that uh, to remain relevant, the industry is pushing itself, you know, to adopt yeah. this type of technology. But at the same time, if I'm managing a contact center, I'm going to say, show me how to just do what I do today and, and make sure that it's stable and that I get it and I understand it. And then once I can prove to them, essentially through what we call proof of concepts that we do, actually at, at no cost, we, we then show them, look, you can run your business just like you have been, but let us show you some improved ways that you can enhance it. And so let us add a channel. Let us uh, you know, show you different things. And so if I'm running that contact center, I want to work in an environment where you're not going to hurt my business with new technology, but at the same time I can see it and how it works. But the key piece, and it's the real critical requirement of any technology developer or provider, is to make it simple. It cannot be complicated. It, the same requirements apply with new channels that they did with voice, which is I can take an agent in my contact center, and within about 10 to 15 minutes I can know they're trained and they don't, they're not going to forget what they need to do to be able to work within a, a different environment. So is it easy to use? Show me it's easy to use. If it's easy to use, great. Once I know how to use it, and it's easy, and I haven't disrupted my current environment, then I'm going to go out to the world and say, hey, now I have something new I can sell you. But the companies that do it differently, where a contact center begins to promote new technology uh, as if available before they've adopted it, those are the ones that run into trouble. So it's still a pragmatic approach to how you do it, and that's the, uh, the kind of company I hope that, that people choose to work with. Right. Okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. If I could shift gears here for a second, because um, how could the current scrutiny of social media, okay, which is very much in the news now by government and consumer protection groups, impact the customer contact function and some of the things we've been talking about? Because all of a sudden, there's going to be more contact centers that are going to be more involved with social media, perhaps, than they have been in the past. And how might this affect the people uh, listening to this program? Wow. I mean, that, I think that's the basic uh, question, really, that, that the fundamental question that has to be addressed, which is, are we breaching uh, TCPA? Are we be breaching any regulation that limits my, as a contact center, ability to communicate with people in a wide range of, of channels as we're talking about? And... Uh, I think of it as the same as it's always been, to be quite honest with you. There is nothing that I have seen that limits any contact center's ability to communicate with anybody in any form as long as, and this is the key, the end person they're talking to has agreed to be talked to that way. So mm -hmm. if, as long as, you know, as long as I see Biederman as a consumer have agreed that my airline can talk to me in a wide range of channels, then they can do it and they're not breaching any regulation. But it's, it's, the rule is the same, which is people, the consumer, the citizen, gets the choice of how they want to be 
communicated with. And if you stop doing that, just assume you're breaching regulation. That's how we like to look at it. Again, we simplify regulation that way by saying, what is really the intent of regulation? And it's simply to say, give the end person the choice and, uh, and don't be intrusive if they don't want you to be. And so as long as you do that, I think you'll be safe. If you don't do that, yeah, you shouldn't be safe. <laughs> exactly. Okay, well stated, well stated. And I know that uh, we're, we're quite active with PACE, which has been very involved as an uh, organization, you know, uh, organization that uh, brings together contact center managers who are concerned with this sort of governmental uh, and consumer protection areas. And um, it really is an extremely important area. It's one that's been evolving. Uh, recent court cases have had an impact on it. And, boy, you really have to stay on top of it. So thank you for that insight, uh, Steve. Um, well, let me ask you, what would you consider to be a best-in-class approach that our listeners might be able to incorporate into their planning for 2021, sort of bringing things together as we get toward the end of our, our time together here? Sure. I, again, for me, if I, if I put myself in a contact center ownership perspective or management versus where I am, I'm going to say first thing I have to do in 2021 is make sure I know what my business is doing and it's stable, meaning I, I can service my clients today. I know within my client space any risks that I'm facing, and I can just go to work every day and have maybe a stable month of January. And then as I go forward, I can say to companies like NovoBiz, uh, so let us see what you have in the real world. So may, I'll tell you what, we have a 100 seat or a 500 seat or a 1,000 seat contact center. I'll carve out a little group of maybe 10 or 15 agents and, and give it to us there. Show it to us. Don't make me pay for that. Just show it, prove it, prove it to me. And let me put in this new Omni experience. And if it is what you say, if I'm getting no retraction or loss of my current business, but I can see easily how to add to it, all right, then I'll start to adopt. And then don't go crazy. Don't go from 10 or 15 seats to hundreds of seats. Just begin to slowly add it, add it, add it, stage it into your operation, and maybe make a uh, decision that over the course of the, this next year or so, you'll fully implement something new. Do not fall for the idea that I have to make a, a crazy change now because the risk to your business, to any business, with that type of change is more than you need to go through after already going home with your agent last year. Right. Sounds like really, really good advice there, Steve. Thank you. Um, I think we've got time for one question. Uh, Alan, do you have a question you could pull out from our listeners? Yes, we have one here from Bruna, and she's asking, our center is in the travel sector, which has been hit hard by this pandemic. Are there any specific things you would expect or look, in, look into to be prepared for 2021? Yeah, I would look into – it's funny you ask that because it really goes back a bit to regulation because in an industry like travel where you've been – 
damaged and you're losing your client base, you have to go find your new client base. You have to find ways to communicate with them, which means you better know your regulations of how you can get databases to go outbound, to go to a way to, where are they? Who are these people? I need to find ways to contact them. Now, with an Omni experience, it's great because I can, I can go find them on, on a social network or I can go find them in ways above and beyond just voice. Just make sure you're, you're regulatorily sound. So my suggestion would be go back to your customer basis. Go back to your uh, approved clients that you can communicate with again and use a wider range of experience in an intense effort to send them new messaging that it's safe now. It's okay now. We're thinking of you. We're going to protect you, but don't forget we still exist. That's, that's mm-hmm. the best I can tell you. Okay. No, that's a great, that's great input for uh, for uh, Bruna. So uh, thank you very much for that. Before we actually close off here, Steve, I was just wondering, can I ask a quick question about these uh, thrillers, these corporate ther- yeah. thrillers that you've uh, written? And well, uh, what, what they, yeah, just, just a couple words on that. That'd be interesting, I think, for our audience. Well, what's the thing? I'm thrilled to talk about a thriller. So, um, <laughs> you know, I my work is intense and I'm always working. So when I I'm not working. I read thrillers. I read suspense novels and, you know, political thrillers. And one day, I uh, years ago, uh, never intending to be a writer, I picked up a book uh, from a writer that wrote corporate thrillers, and I came home, and I started, opened it up, and realized it wasn't that genre. And I was so frustrated, I sat down and said, well, gosh, darn it, I'm going to write my own book. And I just started to write a book. And one book, uh, through the insistence of all people, my mother, who said, you have to go find a publisher, uh, I did. It, I didn't expect to. I just was satisfied writing the book. And it got picked up by a publisher, ended up uh, best-selling for quite a while. And today I'm on my fifth book and uh, writing it right now uh, in the middle of changing publishers and, and agents. So you're, you know, other than coming directly to me, you're going to have to wait a little if you want to uh, buy except on the uh, secondhand market. But uh, we're still in business here. The same characters, okay. by the way. The same oh, good. That's great. That's great. Okay. Well, good for you. All right, well, Steve, thank you so much for uh, being with us today. We appreciate your insights. They've been great. And uh, what I'd like to do now is, did you have any last things to tell us before I hand things over to Alan to close up today's uh, call talk? Listen, just thank you, everybody. Be safe. Take care. Try to enjoy the holiday, maybe from a distance. uh, And remember that uh, the the world is going to get better in the future. Absolutely. Thank you, Steve Betterman. Excellent. And uh, now back over to Alan. Thank you. Thanks again to Steve and to Bruce for your insightful discussion on today's show. We hope you can join us next month for another great show or look at our huge selection of archive shows on hot topics at benchmarkportal.com. Then click on Call Talk where you'll find over 11 seasons from all of us here at Benchmark Portal. Keep those headsets steady and your fingers ready. Stay safe and stay healthy. This is Alan Pockfighter signing out. Have a happy holidays. <laughs>